Welcome to episode 84 of the Untitled Gaming Podcast. My name is Zach, and this week I'm joined by Rick. Rick. Chance. Chase. <laughs> Did you fuck up your name? No. It doesn't... <laughs> Pat. Salutations, everybody. Good day, Chase. And Rick. We already introduced you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm important. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We are a gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. We discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews and impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. We occasionally talk about movies, TV shows. Favorite South Park character. Kenny's the one that dies all the time, right? Yep. I am picking him. I don't watch South Park. Butters. 100% Butters. He's just so innocent and hilarious. I'm surprised you wouldn't pick Cartman. Carmen's not my favorite. Carmen's yeah, but he's the biggest favorite. dick, and you always love the dickest characters. You always like love the villains and like the more hated people you love. Yeah, but, but which I appreciate because many people like them. So that you like them, it makes you special. I don't know how to take this if he's complimenting you <laughs> yeah. or not. Like, but um, also, like I, I just think back to that episode where. Uh, <laughs> The whole Cartman uh, makes Butters think he's gay by <laughs> putting his <laughs> Butters balls in his mouth. Like, that episode would not work without having the innocent straight man of Butters. Yeah. Like, just Cartman being, like, a douchebag is not funny all the time. It's but him his interactions with Butters that just elevates it. That's why Butters is awesome. But, I don't know, favorite character? Um, Kyle. I like Kyle. All right. Yeah. Totally Randy Marsh. Just about everything he fucking does is amazing. Integrity weed. <laughs> what do we want? Bigger doors. Where do we want them? Weed stores. <laughs> you mean the singer, uh, Lord? Yeah, I am Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this week our overarching topic of the show will be our very early impressions of next gen. But first, what have you been playing? Okay, is anyone playing a not launch or cross gen game that they want to discuss? Because we're talking about next gen impressions, so let's just save it for that. Yeah, no, it's just only, yeah. Okay. So, uh, just kind of some reminder housekeeping stuff. This is the second episode now where we're doing this change in our format of the show where we're having a more kind of overarching theme of the show rather than having three separate topics to discuss. So, before we hop into the main topic of the show, we're going to do Not Slow News 2.0. So, Rick, if you want to... Since it's your domain, if you would like to tell us what Not Slow News 2.0 is. Well, Not Slow News was a news segment where I would spit off a bunch of news headlines and you guys would have one sentence to respond, but we're going to give us ourselves a little more time, so we each come up with with our own news segment, and we're going to chat about that for probably around five minutes. So yeah, here's our five-minute news. Who wants to go first? Pat would love to go first. All right, yeah, so uh, my news story is the announcement of Mass Effect Remaster. So on N7 Day, which those of you don't remember is November 7th, uh, Bioware had a panel with the original voice cast of uh, the Mass Effect trilogy, um, and then they kept teasing, like, there's going to be big news, there's going to be big news. Uh, They kind of do, like, an event every N7 Day. Um, Sometimes they announce, like, new uh, comic series or uh, new figurines or something like that. But this time they actually announced that they are remastering the trilogy. So it'll come out on Xbox One and PS4 with forward capability in mind. So it's not going to have a next-gen upgrade per se at launch, but they said they're going to have implementations of upgrades that keep next-gen in mind. So what I'm thinking that might be is like dynamic resolution or uh, an uncapped frame rate or something that prepares you to play the the trilogy on next-gen 
just so it runs better. Uh, so I'm really excited for that. I'm a huge fan of Mass Effect, and the actual Mass Effect community has been asking for remasters for a long time. Uh, I actually played through the original trilogy on PC because I started on PC for the first one, and then my save file was just there, so I just continued with it there. So I've actually haven't earned the achievements for it. So it'll be nice to go back and earn achievements for Mass Effect and do a playthrough one right after the other. Hopefully they do add some improvements, like you couldn't pick Femshep until three, right? No, you could pick Femshep in one. Okay, they just started marketing Femshep in three then. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since I've played through all of it, so I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, they said they are going to do better resolutions, higher frame rates. Um, hopefully they add some UI changes to make, like, quality of life improvements to the first game because if i remember correctly that is kind of more freeze time and turn-based side of it versus the action adventure hardcore turn that they went later by the end of the trilogy so there's there's probably a good balance you find uh which i think was mass effect 2 Uh, it is the the third bear if you will of the three bears that's just right (laughs) so hopefully they uh that's done well. I know uh, Bioware can use a, a win recently because uh, Andromeda, even though I don't think Andromeda was a bad game, got some got some flack for not being up to snuff with the original trilogy. And then also it had a lot of glitches at launch on PC. And then obviously with Anthem, that is just not a, a success story for them. So that's all well and good. Mass Effect Remastered Trilogy is awesome. They also did a little teaser at the end where they said a veteran veteran studio are working on the next Mass Effect game, which I think is the much bigger news, which I'm more excited for. I would love a return to form for some of the original people who worked on the Mass Effect trilogy to get their vision and work on a current gen game of in the Mass Effect universe. What do we think is going to happen to Anthem now? Because they've been talking about improving Anthem for Anthem 2.0, but... Seems like their focus is now shifting to Mass Effect. Um, I personally think they should drop Anthem uh, and then focus everything on Mass Effect. Because yeah, I don't think Anthem has like any shot of being good. No, it's too late for it. Like no one wants to go back to it and play it. I don't know about like, that. Oh, it's been forever since there was like news on it. Like they like, just had a blog post uh, like last month where they talked about the improvements to not only gameplay but the loot system. And all this stuff. Uh, so there, I think there is a small team working on it still. Um, it's just, yeah, they've been silent for very long. Uh, but it kind of reminds me of, uh, what was that one game? Uh, that was like a big PlayStation uh, exclusive. It was like marketed. It was supposed to be all like procedurally generated. And you could explore space. No Man's Sky? No Man's Sky. Oh. Um, that is like an amazing comeback story. Like, Yeah, which I, I think, think Anthem great. has the potential to be that. Because I think Anthem had that spark of a really good game. I didn't know No Man's Sky was a PlayStation exclusive. It was like a, it came later. It was like a timed exclusive. Okay. But they marketed it with PlayStation originally. And now they can finally do all the things that they promised that would have done when it when they announced it or like whatever. And people are very happy about it. And it's actually on Game Pass if you want to try it out. Yeah. So um, I think Anthem has potential to be a comeback. Um, but I yeah I think if they had to choose, I do want them to focus on Mass Effect. Super excited for Mass Effect, really excited for that next-gen game, 100% buying the, the trilogy, just like Mario All-Stars. That's my story. He's sticking to it. Okay, Chance? Mine? Yeah. Well, there have been rumors of uh, Microsoft wanting to buy a Japanese studio 
uh, to kind of add more variety to their collection of games and to also kind of dip into that rich Japanese gaming market. So there's that recent rumor where somebody's like, Microsoft actually approached multiple Japanese developers for an acquisition. Yeah. So people were obviously going crazy. Yeah, they asked him directly, like, you know, what do you think about this? Is this actually happening? And he pretty much kind of denied the rumors, uh, but he kind of like beat around the bush. And like he was he's kind of like he likes the idea of obtaining a studio in Japan, but he didn't want to like, you know, give that legitimate like, yes, we are kind of thing. Yeah, this really interests me um, due to the fact that uh, personally, I really like those anime style games, you know, like I play Kingdom Hearts. One of them, some that very popular Genshin Impact. That's why I kind of feel like um, if they were to obtain a Japanese studio, I feel like it would add a lot more to the uh, Microsoft collection just because they don't really have very many anime games or JRPGs and would kind of like really get Xbox more popularity in the Japanese gaming market, which would be big because if they can dip into that, then that would really help their case and obviously sell those consoles. Uh, my question, I guess, to all of you guys here: What Japanese studio do you think they should look into uh, obtaining? Sega. Sega. <laughs> like, what's the point of getting Sega? Like, right what now, what isn't the point of getting Sega? Every Sonic game ever made, and then more to come. <laughs> that literally adds nothing to that. They want actual Japanese RPGs. New Sonic RPGs. The New Sonic want, RPG. They want to get a foothold in Japan. So you say. And Sonic wouldn't do that. So you say. Sonic wouldn't do that. Sonic wouldn't get you that foothold in Japan. I'd no. say, as far as Sega and owning any like JRPG like licenses, uh, the only one that really comes to mind is Shining Force, which really hasn't had an entry since uh, Game Boy Advance. I've never heard of that. But but Sonic. Like so many Sega IPs are just like dormant right now. Good. Bring them all back. No, you want something that has like actual name recognition. That's why I think they well, should Sonic, be yeah. Cop, Capcom, because Capcom gives you Mega Man. There's your Sonic figure. I think Mega Man is equal to Sonic. You, you are hot. You also Mega have, Man is equal to Sonic. Yes, you are insane. Yeah, Mega Man is floor, much right? better than Sonic. What? I'm stunned. Would you rather play a Metroid game or a running collecting rings game? That's like all Mario. Shut the fuck is. up. Like, that's all <laughs> Mario. Is. Yeah, exactly. And I would rather play Metroid than Mario. I I I'm baffled by this whole conversation. Right. That's that's a completely different topic. I'm for stunned. A different show. But you also have Monster Hunter, which is huge in Japan and the West. Um, you also have Devil May Cry, which is not unheard of. Uh, Dead Rising. That's a popular franchise in the West as well. So you're getting uh, a Japanese developer, you're getting these IPs, but then you're also getting something that's popular in the West. Also, with Capcom, you get Resident Evil. Uh, Resident Evil is popular worldwide. Plus, I really want Resident Evil 8 to be in Game Pass at launch. <laughs> uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, Lost Planet, Dragon's Dogma. There's a lot of dormant stuff in there too. <sighs> Lost but Planet also, was so good. Yeah, there's also a lot of active IPs. Street Fighter is another one that are actually very popular and can get you that foothold in Japan, but also appeal to the Western gamers. Rick, what was your idea? Um, honestly, I think it'd be really cool if they picked up uh, Koei Tecmo. Responsible for main thing that does come to mind is uh, the Dynasty Warriors series and all the Warriors spinoffs. Um, I know they're doing the Hyrule Warriors uh, Age of Calamity coming up with Nintendo, but I think that'd be a really huge get. For them, um, definitely very popular in Japan. So. Oh, huge! And they're a lot of fun. So I think that'd be a be a good get. J 
Chance, what, what's your dream pick for them? Um, I really like um, Atlas. They've done Astro Chain and Persona 5, I feel like, um, have been one of their more recent, more popular games. Uh, the only reason why I wouldn't think it'd be Capcom, because they just spent over $7 billion to get Bethesda, and I feel like with Capcom being very successful, they'd have to cash up, like, you know, give up a lot of money to get that. And I, I mean, I know Microsoft has overwhelming amount of wealth, but I don't know if they'd be like, you know, I really don't know if they'd spend that kind of money again to get another uh, studio Especially in Japan. since Atlas and PlayStation are pretty much hooking up on the regular. Like, Persona yeah. 5 is not out for Xbox at all. No, I know, that's why it'd be best Persona, to take away from them, to Persona kind of to weaken, to weaken so, uh, Sony. You want them to weaken Sony? We, they need to weaken Sony. <laughs> the powerhouse. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Atlas is what I hope they were maybe to steal from the Sony menace. Zach, you want to do a realistic one, or are you sticking with Sega? No, I'm sticking with Sega. Or Nintendo, <laughs> either one. You're going to buy Nintendo. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Even Microsoft doesn't have the money to buy Nintendo. You're going to pull a Disney, just take over everything. Take over everything. <laughs> Our new corporate over overlords. If you like, get Game Pass right now, you get a PS5, a Nintendo, Nintendo Switch, Switch like, an iPhone, I mean, that Disney would end, Plus. I mean, that would end the console wars. <laughs> a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> All for $15 a month. Yeah, so oh, interesting topic there, Chance. Uh, what about you, Rick? What's your story of the day? Mine's definitely going to lean more on the discussion, uh, but mine is... saying Chance's didn't? Oh, Chance's did. What? What are you saying? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. You can screw that. I apologize, Chance. I like to stir the pot. Uh, he does. Um, so 2020 will be the first year without an entry into the MCU since 2009. We've been kind of coddled with... Multiple movies per year. No, we have New Mutants. Yeah, New Mutants, technically. There goes your topic. I'm oh, he ruined your whole entire topic. It's not MCU, he's right. Yeah. It is, it's it's canon. It's Marvel, it's just not MCU. And nobody saw it. I, I did! Saw it. Yeah. How, oh, was it good? Yeah, oh, it I liked okay. it. It was not. Definitely go see Tenet. It was predictable. But yeah, with Black Widow getting pushed till God knows when. Um, WandaVision has gotten pushed till 2021, uh, January. So same with Winter Soldier, that was supposed to be August, I think. Mm-hmm. So definitely, there's been a COVID push, which is definitely devastated. But I think last year with uh, what was the other movie we were supposed to get besides Black Widow? Maybe Eternals. I think Eternals was November. I yeah, think it got pushed, and then now it's pushed again because Black Widow got pushed. So everything got pushed, and it's very sad. But I think last year we kind of got coddled a little bit. We had Endgame, which was a great, you know, coda. To what we've been kind of suited to the past 10, 12 years. And, um, yeah, we got, got the Spider-Man after that, and that was great. But, really, we were waiting for something more. And it's not coming this year, so that kind of makes 2020 even sadder. That's crazy, just not having been to a theater in yeah. so long. But it's weird because of that, because I guess, given the state of COVID right now, we're so used to not going to a theater. I didn't even realize that we weren't getting an MCU installment until you had said it in the Slack. So... Maybe personally, I haven't missed it too much, I guess, or maybe I've just gotten numb to. Would you prefer all the reviews, that they just or all release, the uh, delays and stuff? Would you Sorry. prefer they just release Black Widow on Disney Plus? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, without having to but, fucking pay I mean, thirty dollars to see it too. On I mean, I suck. I would prefer that as a consumer, but I, just, I understand. I mean, you want to make money on the movie, yeah, you and make you money. wouldn't make the money on the movie if you put it on Disney Plus. Plus, going to the theater is just like yeah. I mean, that, that's part of like the the atmosphere and kind of like the whole event of it. 
Like, so that, that part I would miss and movies of like the MCU's caliber, you'd want to go see in a theater and with a group of friends, like kind of make it not a day of it, obviously, but kind of make it an event. So in that sense, you, it kind of loses its mystique, but there are, have been some theories, some film theories about the uh, black widow having a substantial impact on phase four of the MCU. Cause it's the first one to kick Yeah. It off. It's supposed to be the first one to kick it off. And since, you know, we all knew, you know, spoiler alert, Black Widow passes away in Endgame. Sorry, can I say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At this we point, if you haven't cast. seen it, like everyone's already seen that. So movie. it yeah. seems like it could be its own standalone story, and the fact that they haven't released it yet really makes me question that like something big is going to happen in Black Widow. They're either going to reveal the major villain of Phase Four or Two, Galactus. I guess Doctor- Saga Two. What Saga do they call it? Doctor Doom. Um, I know it's the like the Infinity Saga. Infinity Saga. So yeah. whatever the next saga is, mm-hmm. they'll probably introduce either the main villain in this one, or it's going to have some sort of impact on the the, on next, the next Avengers. So I think that's one of the reasons why we haven't seen it just go straight to Disney Plus. Um, because sh- it's a major thing. Yeah, I'm sure once it gets released in theaters, and I don't, I don't like everybody who went and saw Endgame is going to go see Black Widow. But those few people who do go see it are just going to be like, "Holy shit, you need to see this!" And that's going to spread word of mouth yeah. and then blow I up. I think, I think a lot of people are going to want to go see Black Widow when it comes out, just because we've been haven't seen an MCU movie in so long. So I think you really don't it, think it'll come out on Disney Plus. I don't think it will. No, if if they I mean, wanted they, it to come out on Disney Plus, it would have come out by now. It also makes it was me think. Come out what March? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I they tried to. Milan, like them charging thirty dollars for that was like a it crime. Did well, but it, we had, people really didn't like it, and like it, people are just dying for movies right now. Yeah. I know, but that's why I feel like I would actually be considering buying or spending thirty dollars for Black Widow because it's like, but they would that's make, something that but, worth but that, spending money but, because you kind of somewhat know what you're gonna get. Yeah, but, but they like, would make more money, I think, from theaters, on yeah. theaters than they. Would I think, it might, yeah, I mean, I just Disney think it might Plus. be a while. Theater chains are kind of dying too. Like, is AMC even gonna make it out of this? They may not, especially if. There's like another shutdown or something. A lot of places like that aren't going to survive another shutdown. A lot of companies are yeah, fortunate to have made it. it through the first one. So I'm just going to end it at that because that, that took up five minutes. So fuck it. It's a sad, sad year. Yeah. It's, it's a bad year for everything, but it's a great year for gaming. I'm going to stick by that. That has been a great year for gaming. <laughs> Zach, what's your topic? Uh, so my topic is regarding Twitch and their whole uh, DMCA. Uh, kind of problems that they're having right now. Uh, so if you if you didn't know, uh, Twitch got a lot of criticism uh, in October uh, because they uh, deleted a lot of videos over copyright claims and stuff like that. And the big reasoning behind that was because they were being hit with a lot of uh, DMCA strikes for uh, music. And the biggest problem is they were basically telling Twitch streamers that they had to go through and basically like delete their portfolio of videos and everything so they wouldn't get hit with this copyright strike for music they were using um, when they shouldn't have been except the problem was even though when they did that they were still getting hit with copyright strikes because it was in twitch's archive and they were only given like three days to go through everything and some that's something they shouldn't have been doing from the beginning i understand in the thing i understand that but like for them to go through i understand that but like but prior to this year, there were only like 50 like DMCA claims, and now they were getting hit with like thousands. Yeah, because probably prior but, to this year, no one was streaming that much. Like, it was a very... No, Twitch had a high... Yeah, but it was like a like, select few of yeah. popular things. With the shutdown, I think everybody has... Yeah, I mean, why not? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I totally get it. And then, but also, like, another big thing was in-game music is now kind of falling under that because... 
uh, music rights in game obviously is different from being able to broadcast. So people who were like, if you were playing a game that had a soundtrack and that sound obviously was being picked up on your stream, that was getting hit by a DMCA thing. So streamers were sitting there like, do we just play the games on mute? Like that's you not turn down like the game music. So, do I turn down the game? Kind of like what control, is it? So? Control actually has this setting where if you go to the settings, you can turn off copyrighted music. Mm -hmm. So it just has the score that they've written for the game, not any other music. Yeah, so that's an option in Control. That's just an option they need to start adding in more games, keeping streaming in mind. But I think streaming is such a, an infant medium at this point. We're working through all these issues that we have no solutions to. I, th I think Twitch, though, is just kind of like not really done a good job of like handling it themselves. I understand, obviously, the content creators, you shouldn't be But haven't they that. just by having the terms of service? Not necessarily. But it's also just kind of like music is such a big thing when it comes to streaming and Twitch who falls under the Amazon umbrella. You like you have Amazon Music. Yeah, but that's different. You're in Amazon Music, the artist gets paid for every time that music is right. streamed by a, a listener who subscribes right. to Amazon Music. Yeah. How, what cut does that person get if that music is now streamed through a game? Because now you also have to get in the game developers and everything. You have to give everybody a cut if you're giving a cut to the music. Right. Wouldn't you just give the cut? The same thing because if the streamer streams it, whose cut goes out? Does that come out of that, the streamer's cut? Does that come out of? It wouldn't. Even, no. It's so like what I'm saying. It like, it's a whole litigation thing. I would say like if you could like have widget or something that you can set up through Twitch where you can stream music into Twitch from Amazon Music. So then anything you stream from there could go to the artist. It's like the same thing as just playing something off okay. of Amazon Music. But what's the point of that? Like, I thought the whole argument was the, mu the music no, in but, the game. No, no, yeah. So what I'm saying is, is, like, you have Amazon Music, so you already have, like, a relationship with the musicians as far as, like, hey, they can... But like, why do it that way? Why does the streamer, the one who's doing that, why not just have a little widget inside Twitch that if someone has subscribed to Amazon Music, they can now listen to their own music? Why does the streamer have to provide music? No, that's what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying. The streamer doesn't do it. Like, there's a widget in Twitch through Amazon that like would allow you to stream music. Yeah, anyone can do that right now. Just have a different window open and start doing your Amazon music. No, I know, but like, I'm just saying, like, if you could do it through Twitch, that I mean, because that way at least this like, is the battle you want. No, to no. What I'm saying is like, if you already have a relationship with a musician, because you. You have Amazon Music. You don't even need a relationship because everything is going through Amazon Music. Then, if you're if you're watching Twitch and you're like, I want music, you shouldn't have that <laughs> fall on the streamer and be like, Hey, play no, some like, music for me. <laughs> you know how ridiculous that is. No, but like if the streamer wants to stream music as a part of their stream, that's then what I'm saying. You have to give a cut to that musician, right? But like, if you could just do it through Amazon Music, that'd be fine. I'm just saying, like, Amazon is in a position where they could do something like that, so the streamer doesn't have to go through all the copyright stuff to play music, but then or create their own original you have or to something work out some sort of like what's the cut that they're yeah getting, and then they can deal with that i'm only here to provide a, a potential solution not a like, good solution what if the person's like what if it just takes one artist to be like oh i he he said okay to like 11 but i want 18 percent because that's on the artist the artist can do whatever that that's a conversation you that see they have how the, the whole thing falls that's why apart. that's how contracts work it's like that's how that's negotiations a work solution so I'm not saying it's super feasible, but it is a potential solution. Like, oh, my God. But it's just, like, it's just kind of ridiculous that also that they were expecting, like, all their streamers in, like, three days to go through, like, their entire archive of music. And yeah, because like, they shouldn't have been it. doing it in the first place, though. But, like, 
That's that's ridiculous. To expect Why was that to delete, to oh, delete like their lives were because you didn't do your job policing it as a streaming platform. Because they didn't do their jobs following the rules. Hey, hey, it's not on the people who are not following the rules to like are enforce it themselves. Are you like, insane? <laughs> like that's why you have someone policing that, that counts as enforcing it. Saying like we're gonna copyright strike you if you don't delete it. That's enforcing it. Giving them the three day leeway is like above and beyond. No, it isn't. Yes, it that's, is. For some streamers, that's not enough time to go through all their stuff. That's their Especially fault. if they stream every single day. That's they have to go fault. through the entire stream. Why are you streaming copyrighted music? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I just think it's stupid. Once that content gets out there into the ether, I feel like anyone should use it. That's a stupid but position, a, and there's so much... That's a personal thing. <laughs> there's so many laws that go into that. If someone made something, they need to be paid for it if you're using that to make a profit off of them. But it's not the music that's making the profit. But like that's you don't watch a stream on Twitch for the music. Yeah, but the music is there, so you can't say the music isn't the reason you're staying. The music isn't the reason I'm staying, though. Yeah, but because the it music, just adds a little bit of ambience. Music like, need to be there because it's better than just listening to just straight game sound. Well, then you can play your own music as the Twitch is playing. Like, no, you can't because that's the copyright shit for you, the stream. The, the viewer, the viewer can play your own music as that's happening. Yeah, but why would I do that? <laughs> oh my god, you're you're just trying to go through all these legal loops because you don't want to open a second window. Yeah, that's exactly. insane. <laughs> exactly, because I don't want to play my own music because then I can't hear the stream. Oh my god. <laughs> This man doesn't understand sound levels, and therefore he's trying to have a corporation get the rights to every song but, but like, and have it as an option for The stream. biggest thing, though, is... This is a stupid topic, and we're done. <laughs> but, like, for no, we're done. But, like, for people who have in-game... We're done with like, this In-game music, topic. you can't do anything about it. Yes, you can. I've just given you an example of where control has done it. You just need Yeah, to but not all games have that. Yeah, but now that it's we know it's a big issue, game developers just need to implement that. Anyway... So our topic of the show, our overarching topic, is our very early impressions of next gen. It's finally it's here. here! And I will decree from this moment forward, it is no longer next, next gen, gen, it, it is, is current. Current gen. So next gen refers to the next yes. generation, so, which has not happened yet. So we are now in the current gen. It's a we it's weird now to like talk about it in the present tense, but it is here. Xbox One and PS4 are dead to us, or to me at least. I mean, they see them again. So to be perfectly clear, those consoles were dead to Pat the second the new consoles got release dates. Yeah, Pat Pat came home and then texted us. He's like, "I'm looking at my consoles, and I'm just like, what are you old bats doing here? Like, there's an animosity. He he was ready to like old yeller them and take them behind the shed and just put them down like the dying dogs they were. The humane thing to do. But anyway, we're in the current gen, so really just gonna give our super early impressions on it. So what have what have been your early experiences with the console? Let's start with the Series X because that came out first. Okay. Um, so for mine, I've, I obviously got it one day early, only one day early, I should say, because fuck FedEx. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> and uh, so because I got it one day early, uh, obviously Valhalla wasn't out. So my plan was to have Valhalla be the first next gen game I try. So obviously that didn't pan out because I couldn't play that till midnight. Um, so what I ended up doing, uh, which was nice, was I copied over the games that were next-gen to get them on the internal to get the next-gen upgrades, like Valhalla, Watch Dogs, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ori was the first game I actually tried because it, it was seven or eight gigs or something like that. So it was an easy download. Um, I tried it. It had the 4K 120 mode, and then it had the, the super sampled 6K mode, mm-hmm. which, like, obviously, um, that's not the best, like, measuring stick for 120 FPS because... Yes, it does require precision, but I think even 60 FPS, it was it felt good to play. Um, so I don't think the 120 FPS mode adds a lot to that. So 
if I would go back to play it, or if you are playing it for the first time, I recommend playing it on the, if you're playing on the Series X, I recommend playing it on the super sampled 6K mode, just because it adds more definition to the textures, and it just, it looks better. I, I started, you know, playing that, and then I wanted to test out Quick Resume, so I started up Red Dead Redemption, which is actually on my external drive. I didn't actually move that over to the internal. Um, and that actually loaded up a lot quicker than I thought. Uh, Quick Resume was working between those two games, but Quick Resume is just great. Like, I've been, like, it works with uh, Master Chief Collection, uh, or Halo 5, I should say, uh, where it puts you back to the menu. Um, it does, like, obviously, if you're in a game, it won't work, but if you're just in the menu, you can go back and forth to the menu to a different game, which is great because that's a, that's a game I would want to go back to often. And everything just looks great, it just runs smooth. Um, Valhalla was obviously the first big next-gen launch game I tried on it, and that just looks great. And just playing AC in 60 FPS is awesome. I know you always have that option on uh, PC, but I've played every AC on console. So, But overall, yeah, I love it, and just the ease of going in between games is awesome. Chance, what about you? Personally, I feel like games just, they definitely look a lot better. They play a lot smoother. I mean, I don't have like a $3,500 TV like you do, so your stuff looks really good. But I feel like um, I do see a noticeable difference in how uh, much better the gameplay is. Everything's just snappy, like loading into games. And yeah, it's in the UI. It's yeah, it's very, the UI definitely, it, it, I mean, it's still Xbox. Like, it's still very similar UI. Um, but it's just like it boots quicker. Yeah. From like turning it off to turning it on. The yeah, going between things. Um, it, like, Bahala just looks very good. I can't wait for more games to come out and be, you know, kind of more designed for the Xbox Series X and for them to really start utilizing all the power of the console as we get later on in the generation. Rick, you're getting Series X later on? Yeah, probably right after Christmas, um, once availability goes up, and get that Christmas money. So yeah, I'm excited. But you're um, still playing Valhalla, though, right? Oh yeah, started Valhalla. Um, look forward to my review of it the next couple weeks. Um, it is a big game, about uh, 13 and a half hours in so far. Took a couple days off of work for it. And yeah, like uh, resurgence, of, resurgence of COVID, so use that as an excuse to not leave the house um unfortunately you know we have the one tv in the living room where my xbox is so i have to find an excuse for the wife to leave the house um i know it's covid but you haven't <laughs> seen your friend in a while yeah, like go hang out with your mother uh so you actually got yours delayed i did that was get, some bullshit i did get mine delayed. <laughs> so i i ordered mine on amazon the same time the same time I that ordered. pat did ordered his on amazon and i got the email that was like yours might have some sort of delay and it didn't give me a date it was like the day before the, the day before it was meant to come out they were like expect it sometime around like placeholder it was december. like the last day of december december 31st like it's gonna come out next year essentially like, for you you're gonna right. get it before december is what they said oh. before december 31st. before december 31st which i did not believe like, they said you'll get it this year we just don't know when. <laughs> we just don't know when so i was just like i'm like well this like is cyberpunk f that i was like well this is just a load of shit. abandoned ship so then luckily matt had an extra one and I was like, I'll take that. <laughs> he just got his today. Okay, so yeah. what's funny is, so I've had four total series. No, I've had three, no, four total Series Xs. Yeah. Uh, so I've had the one that I won from Taco Bell. Oh, bullshit. And then I had one order at Best Buy, one order at GameStop, and one order at... Amazon. Amazon. I got all three of those on launch day. Uh, one, Chance got, because Chance was not able to get a pre-order. 
Uh, one I gave Michael because mm-hmm. he was also not able to get a pre-order. Yeah, and then the last one. Friend, I'm like, does yeah. anybody want one? This was the the day before or yeah. whatever before you got your email. Yeah, it was before. I got my, it, it was it, it was it was it was it was hours before. And I, my buddy Joe, uh, who might be listening to this episode, he may not. I don't know. Uh, you're welcome, Joe, for getting you in touch with Pat. Uh, Joe was like, "Yeah, I want a Series X." You just take my. You're welcome. <laughs> Yes. You douchebag. <laughs> without me, he wouldn't have gotten it. There'd be no console without me. You couldn't even get your own console. Shut up! No, because Matt existed. <laughs> Shut your mouth. I'm the one who told you about Shut that. up! <laughs> so basically what happened was I told Joe that Pat had an extra console, and Joe was like, yeah, absolutely, I'll, I'll take that. Okay, and then also, disclaimer, I did not upcharge anybody. No, no, he, he sold, sold them for retail for price. Surprisingly. Yeah, no, surprisingly. Surprisingly. I mean, I wouldn't have done that, but... Good on you. I'll give you a vast amount of credit for that. It's also easier to do when you win one for free. So yeah. you're basically you can, you can thank profit. Matt for that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so he didn't need to upcharge. He was making profit regardless. Um, but yeah. So then Joe ended up getting it from Pat, and then I got. So the, he, yeah, he after, picked up the Xbox. Literally like twenty. But like later. after after that like transaction was essentially confirmed that it was going to happen the day before. Hours later, I get the email that it got delayed. I was like, "Fuck me, man." <laughs> So I, and then I, uh, but luckily Matt had an extra one. So I got that. I was texting my buddy Joe. I was like, yo, mine got delayed. And he was like, I feel so bad that <laughs> this happened. I'm still getting it. But then, but then I told I was him. Laughing my ass. No, no, I was laughing my no, 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 He genuinely felt so bad. But then I told him that Matt had an extra one. And he was like, I feel much less bad now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so finally ended up getting it. And then I set it up uh, and then did not play it. Because I had to finish Watch Dogs. And I knew if I started Valhalla, that would not have happened. Because you I, got Watch Dogs on PS4. I got Watch like Dogs an on, idiot. I got Watch Dogs on <laughs> PS4. It was cheaper. What do you mean? <laughs> I got Watch Dogs on PS4. I, I'm going to be reviewing it. So that'll be coming out in the next couple days or so. I don't know when we're releasing that as in relative to this. Um, but yeah, so I had to finish Watch Dogs before I started Valhalla. So ended up rolling credits on Watch Dogs that night and then... Yeah, from there we were, we were golden. So. so stay tuned for Watch Dogs impressions. But let's a game we've all been playing, playing is Valhalla. Valhalla. Yeah. So I kind of have mixed feelings on it. Right now, I I like Odyssey more, just because the setting. Obviously, I like Greece better as a setting right now. I'm I've only disclaimer. I'm only in Norway. I have not made it to England yet. I'm only in the opening section. Like I I played Odyssey a certain way. And that was just doing the side missions, exploring. Um, the main story kind of was a uh, backseat. And I just found so much entertainment in like going to an area, doing the uh, the sync point, looking like, okay, all there's all this shit on my map that I can now go and explore. And the side quests were always like interesting that led into either the Cult of Cosmos or tied back into the main story. And they were all well-written. And uh, a lot of times they were hilarious. In Valhalla... They've kind of changed it, so now there's only three icons on the map. There's the wealth, uh, which are yellow. There's the artifacts, which are white. And then there's mysteries, which are blue. And the mysteries are the closest to a side mission, but usually they're only like a couple minutes long. Yeah, they're like little scenarios that you just kind of like follow or do very small things or just well, chase have something. Well, like the world events, right? Like that's those are the, part of the mysteries. Yeah. Those are part of the yeah. mysteries? Uh, like fighting up someone or like... Yeah, but nowhere yeah. near like the level of what they were in Odyssey. Yeah. I guess to be fair, given the the difference in setting, they you can't you can only do so much as far as like 
volume of things to do. I think just because of the ge- geography of where we're at, because in Greece, obviously it was basically like your New York city of that time period, like hugely populated area. That's where most of the civilization was. Uh, whereas like in, England, like you're discovering new, like everything's empty. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in England and in, and in Norway, like the, I guess like the whole kind of theme of this game is that they're leaving Norway to go basically colonize anew. So there's not a whole lot of established civilization in England at that time outside of like major areas. But I mean, granted, I've only played, I'm only in that opening area. I haven't played too much, even mm-hmm. though I spent a lot of time in that opening area. Um, but Rick, you've played the most. Would you, what would you say? What's your comparison to Odyssey so far? Honestly, I, I've been noticed. I just, I just completed Odyssey. Uh, just to kind of get fresh for this, um, I noticed as that we were talking. Yeah, <laughs> yep. You guys talked for a while, but it seems as though the training wheels are off for Valhalla. It seems there's a lot of aspects with Odyssey that kind of held your hand along the way, even if you did like played in a certain mode where you can only use Icaros to you know scope things out, and still it it just felt that even like the combat, not the you know, combat system and the ability system. It was all pretty simplistic. It worked. Now you have stamina, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now you have stamina. You have more of a ability tree to kind of go out, so that that's far less controlled. Yeah, you can reset it like you could with Odyssey, but, you know, it's going to take a lot of time to kind of go back to certain paths that you want to go. The one thing that I'm really noticing about it, this throws back to OG Tugpod, it seems as though if you put Odyssey through a Red Dead 2 filter, it definitely seems a lot grittier, as Zach was talking about, a lot of things are spaced out. There's not people everywhere. So there's a lot more exploration. Luckily, fast travel is pretty easy compared to Red Dead 2. But yeah, it just it's definitely a lot different than Odyssey. They do have, uh, what, what I really like they added was they added the three different difficulty settings. So they have exploration difficulty, uh, combat difficulty, and then stealth difficulty. And then on top of stealth, stealth difficulty, they have the option to turn it on that you can one assassinate everybody Anyone, yeah which is the guaranteed assassination super yeah. interesting but then there's a disclaimer in there that says the game is not <laughs> meant, meant to, to be, be played this way yeah so um maybe that's something you can like turn on after you beat the game or like maybe your second playthrough or something because I, I left that off um what i did was i left stealth at normal and then i did uh hard for combat and then hard for exploration what, what did you guys choose to do i've done the same i think i'm going to switch to hard stealth I think once I get kind of like acclimated, because I typically play the games, all the Assassin's Creed games, uh, in kind of like a stealth oriented way. I know like Odyssey, you could like kind of choose if you want to be starting or starting from Origins. I was going Super Warrior. Yeah, I, for, regardless, I've been very stealth oriented. So I think once I kind of like get used to like the muscle memory and like stuff like that, I'll switch it to hard. But I've done the same setup you did to start. So Rick, what about you? I. Like Pat, I tend to go more warrior, and then once I max out my warrior abilities, then I tend to focus on stealth a little bit, because there are some really, at least in Odyssey, there's a lot of awesome stealth bonuses um, for making the assassinations a little bit easier. But as far as just playing this game like an RPG, like you're playing as a character, I'm a fucking Viking. Like, I'm, there's been a few areas where, okay, cool, put your hood up and, you know, sneak around a bit. It's like, you know, fuck it, I'm a, I'm a fucking Viking. But it's very, like, antithesis of what the Vikings were. Is yeah, very, so it's, like, brutal combat. kind of tell that even in the story, because uh, I'm playing as female Eivor, but, like, when she gets the hidden blade, uh, she just puts it on face out, and they're like, you're supposed to hide it, and you're supposed to cut off your finger, and she's like, why would I make the same mistake as you? I'm going to show this off. I'm like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's been a few times where it's, like, it 
it's kind of like, hey, Rick, you should probably stealth this. And I try to stealth it, and everybody's like, oh, hey, that guy's kind of walking in a weird way. Oh, that's a chick, and that's a Viking. Now and it's like, well, everybody meet my axe. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Chance? I would say I'm the least experienced, obviously, in Assassin's Creed, but I played it. Uh, I, I just play everything on normal. And they haven't made anything too easy, too hard. I can't really say in comparison to compare to these guys who have played hundreds of hours in the other Assassin's Creed games. I really like it. Of course, I am like a completionist, so I'm running around collecting all the artifacts, the wealth, all the, doing all the mysteries that I can. I don't know, I like I like the environment. I mean, I, I thought the snowy environment was really cool. And then yeah, when you go to England, everything's like there's not really a lot of snow. Everything is a more lifelike. You know, there's a lot more plants everywhere you mean it's not just covered in snow and windy and cold you actually get into the water without having to lose health yeah i don't know i just really like it and just i can't wait to play more of it because i also i've just i've just gotten to england and done the first raid or whatever to get resources to start building your your civil your settlement so i can't wait to like play more of that i do like how you can kind of more like i know odyssey had like skill trees like okay this is the stealth tree this is yeah. the attack like warrior tree this is very kind of like, like the beast hunter or like the range like the hunter, hunter yeah and it's very like linear yeah. in the tree and like you can still do that i guess with this tree but you could also like very more specifically go towards go certain stats circle around to a trade or something yeah like oh i want more crit and then you can technically like plan our route where it's like oh, you can get all the crit for headshots or like the most assassination so bonus you can plan out to a certain extent because it won't show you the next node until you unlock the the last skill that un- like branches mm-hmm. out to that node so like why why not just show us where everything is and let us work through the skill tree that right. i think that would have been a much smarter like, way to handle that and I-, I actually downloaded a picture of the completed tree uh and i've just been going off that so i'm like okay i'm going top left and then I'm going to start wanting to make like uh, a turn down to get the the skill and, I want. And, and by doing around. that, by like blocking off those nodes, it kind of stops us for, you, from planning what you want to do. Well, it stops us from planning, but it also stops us from the randomness of each of our kind of trees. Like if we see because we can't see the whole tree, a lot of there's not going to be a lot of variety in what we do because we need to unlock everything to move it on. Yeah. Whereas like if you saw the whole tree. And you could plan where you'd want to go. All of our trees would look different because we'd find a different path that we would think is more advantageous for our play style, as opposed to having to unlock the whole node to then move on. Like within the node, how we go about it might change, but if you still have to unlock the whole thing, that kind of ruins like any yeah. sort of like variety us as gamers would have amongst each other. But like I'm going a little stealthy, kind of like everyone else. I mean, Assassin's Creed, so everyone likes to do that stealth aspect mm-hmm. of the game. But I went more of like I wanted to do more of like a beast master, like hunter ranger kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I went more towards like the bottom right side, yeah. uh, where it's more like headshot and bow damage and stuff like that. And um, there's some skills that like have to deal with like bows and stuff like that. And some of the books that you pick up, which is some of the wealth. Um, that's how objectives are the ability you have ranged abilities and like melee abilities and um one of my favorites so far is like you can pull out like five arrows and you can kind of target people and you shoot them all at once yeah um so i want to do more of that but obviously i don't know where i'm going in the skill tree so i'm just going to get as far as i can and then mm-hmm. probably respec and then go where i want to go to maximize all my points it was nice to kind of get back to axe combat I think so far. Dual wielding, I think. Dual wielding was is awesome. 
Can yeah. you dual wield yes. right off the bat? Yes. Yeah. You can. As soon as you find the first, like, second axe. Yeah, once you find the second axe, you can dual wield right off the bat. So there's also an ability, <laughs> which I saw, that lets you dual, dual wield with two-armed or two-handed Yeah, you can you take a... Uh, Wait, you can actually weapon. do that? Yeah, you can take a two-handed weapon and make it one-handed. That's insane! So okay, and I'm going to need that because I'm just... It make all makes sense now because I was like, oh, I guess I have to eventually earn this dual wielding ability. No, you but start it from, you no, I've just been start. using a two handed axe this entire time, and it's been great. Yeah, so yeah, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you also nice. unlock the ability to switch the hand. So you, you obviously have something on your right hand, something on your left, and I think the right hand is what is like your main weapon, mm -hmm. and then the left hand is your uh, it's your off hand, yeah, second. And whatever you have in your off hand, you use to parry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I have two axes right now, but then I switch to an axe and a shield. And then I unlock the ability where you click it in and then she'll switch hands with the weapon. To so do like then, a little axe flip. and Yeah. Or you can do that with a shield. Or you can do <laughs> so a shield. She did that shield. With a shield. <laughs> and now every time I do go to attack, she's just hitting people with the shield and parrying with the but, axe. I like, I like the dagger. You're just like shanking people yeah. in the same animation and then they die. And it's like, but this it, is awesome. But it's nice because you kind of, it, it gives you the ability to change your fight style on the fly. Plus it looks cool. And it looks cool. So it's a that's like a nice little quality of life thing that they thought of immediately. Like, I think hey, this is combat really itself has gotten much better. I was kind of against the stamina at the beginning because I felt like it was running out quicker. But as soon as I unlocked stuff that like, you know, makes it run out less, like, less yeah. or gets or you more. just do more damage and stuff. So fights don't last yeah. as long. And yeah. then once you like figure out the cadence of like, okay, light attacks will give you stuff back so, and all yeah. that. Th that's, um, that's a good thing. That's a big the hang thing. Of yeah. it. It's definitely like a learning curve, but I am starting to like combat more. Mm -hmm. uh, what I don't like is it seems like there's less armor, mm -hmm. which honestly, it felt like every mission you were getting new armor. So you were always like constantly changing your look or like um, getting better stat wise. But in here, armor is not tied to your power. Your power is only tied to your skills. Skill points. So you're unlocking like, yeah. the skill tree. There are stats on the armor, but it's like you upgrade the armor, so yeah. there's like less of it. So um, my my Avor has looked the same since I started the game, which I'm hoping there's more options and yeah. know, customization of how Avor looks later on down the line. I do like the tattoos. That's that's one aspect of it. Even though you've of course I'm wearing them. armor, so I can't <laughs> see a lot of it. Yeah. As far as like item uh, collection, I know in Odyssey, hell, you get a new piece of armor every. 10 feet that you walk it mm -hmm. seems and new swords and all that this kind of seems like it's more focusing on like okay cool you have this sword or you have this axe and you just kind of upgrade it yeah um so yeah i haven't really seen like in multiple of the exact same item i think they're good at mainly focusing on upping that and you can also do what the uh, armor match so you can have like a hidden one Skin set of armor sense, yeah. and then you get bonuses yeah. with that. And then you can actually see that in the tree where you upgrade like your bear armor or... They or, added that later on in Odyssey. That was like an update when the DLC yeah. came out, I think. Uh, a thing I'm really hoping they add, they added this later in Odyssey, was the transmogrification where you can make any piece of armor look like anything else you've already gotten, which I would love to have. Because like you can have the best, you know, spec piece of armor. On the armor you but like then you the can most. have it look yeah. know, however you want it to. One qualm, though, as far as the abilities go, you know, I'm a big, you know, as we were talking, more of a melee guy, not so much of a range guy, but since these abilities, you just go find random books mm -hmm. um, throughout, and you, I'll get this ability. I have, like, what, like, seven ranged abilities and, like, one <laughs> close combat one, and I'm just like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like the fact that it's not catering to me. Mm -hmm. It seems unapologetic and grittier, and I do appreciate that. There's some times in odyssey where it seemed a little almost too fantastical yeah I, I like the fact that they're like 
Yeah, you've gained enough skill. Just let's turn off fall damage. Fuck it. <laughs> in Odyssey, and then in uh, Valhalla, there is obviously fall damage. I'm not sure if there's a skill to turn it off. But there's a glitch that I've discovered that if you heavy attack as you're falling, wherever you land, no matter what the height, you will not get hit with fall damage. I'm going to test that out tonight because coming out of, you know, beating the entire story of Odyssey in the first DLC and I'm halfway through the second DLC... You know, once I started playing Valhalla, hell yeah, I'll jump off that cliff. <laughs> right. No, you're no. not Cassandra. You do not have that staff. Um, so, yeah, that took some getting used to. Also, I'm kind of excited about hunting. Apparently, um, you can hunt, like, legendary animals. And I know you can do that in um, Odyssey, of course, and they are mystical or mythical animals. But I'm kind of excited to see how they do that. You didn't find the elk in the beginning place, right? No. Yeah, I mean, that was like kind of like the legendary animal. There was like an elk. It was like super predictable, super easy to kill. I can't wait for to see the other ones. Like, I'm sure there's going to be some crazy, maybe some mythological creature or something that you fight. Maybe Fenrir. Fight it, yeah, Fenrir. I don't know. I'm powering through, and right now I'm in Asgard with Thor. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, so that, that's Valhalla. Uh, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm not in Asgard. <laughs> I assume that. Um, so, yeah, Rick is reviewing it. He'll have like a more all-encompassing review coming out soon and then yeah we're all going to be playing it we might not be devoting full time to it because there's a there's lot a lot of, of games stuff. right yeah, yeah. Like so which i'm i'm super glad uh cyberpunk, cyberpunk got yeah. delayed because <laughs> there's so much to play right now so let's kind of shift gears talk about the ps5 rick does not have it yet but the rest of us do zach you want to start with astrobot yeah, so Astro's Playroom is... Astro's Playroom. Okay. Pat keeps calling it Astrobot. Astrobot is a little <laughs> character. Very adorable, cute little character that is basically now become the mascot for kind of showing off the the new parts of a console for PlayStation. Yeah. I think it was there for PS4. Yeah, it was the Playroom uh, in PS4, which mm. used, like, their camera or whatever. And then they had one for PSVR called, like, Astro Rescue Mission, Astrobot Rescue Mission. And now it's just Astro's, Astro's Playroom. Playroom, yeah. So they the the biggest thing obviously that they were showing off in Astro's Playroom is the haptic feedback, which is amazing. Uh, I was playing it here at, at Pat's and just like immediately right off the bat, where a little little Astrobot is running around, and then you jump up on this ledge, and there's like this big like cloud that like just starts blowing wind at you, and there's like the feeling in the controller is so like. It feels. It like feels you're like you're fighting. Yeah, game. and I like naturally, which I wasn't expecting this to happen. Even though, like they said, like this is how you're gonna feel when you're playing games like this. Naturally, I wanted to like move my hands like physically towards the cloud to like resist the the push. Uh, when you're running through mud, yeah, if you feel you feel like you're fighting the, the resistance and everything, which is like a super cool feeling to to kind of experience. Yeah, and it's actually a more meatier game than I thought it would be. I thought it would just yeah. be like a, a really short, simple tech demo, but apparently mm-hmm. it's like four to six hours. Towers, yeah. uh, it could be even more than that if you want to go back and collect everything. Yeah. Um, and it's very – like if – I'm not someone who has a lot of nostalgia for PlayStation, but if you did, I'm sure you would enjoy this more because you're finding like um, – the, the original PlayStation collectibles. There's a mm. UMD that I found. Uh, oh, no, I man. found a, a Vita and stuff like that. So uh, it's it's like little tiny Easter eggs if you're mm-hmm. a huge PlayStation fan um, that I'm sure you would enjoy. I kind of felt indifferent towards them. Uh, but I did enjoy the actual haptic feedback side of it. 
yeah yeah that was that was very cool that's the only thing i've done on the playstation so far but yeah that just actually getting to experience the haptic feedback was was awesome yeah because when you're like when jeff Keeley did his demo or whatever and was talking about it i'm like you're are you fa- yeah you're exaggerating you can't you can't possibly actually be feeling this way but yeah. you do actually feel that way mm-hmm. so uh, I've mostly been playing Spider-Man Miles Morales. I will be reviewing that, so stay tuned for that. Um, and I kind of want to just talk about the difference between performance and resolution mode. So uh, gameplay-wise, it is very similar to uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2018. Uh, you do, like, Miles does have certain different abilities, like his Venom Blast and his Camouflage, which kind of make the stealth sections much easier. Because, like, oh, shit, I'm about to be detected. Camouflage jump up on the ceiling no one knows where i am when i started the game the it defaults to uh fidelity mode which is like the 30 fps ray tracing side of it or whatever so i i started it and i'm I like started swinging because that's the first section you're doing and it, it just felt a little choppy it looked great but i'm like let me try the performance mode and the second i switched over to the performance mode it was just silky smooth i don't think the hit in visual quality is is enough to make you think like, oh, maybe I should just play at 30 FPS. Like, yeah, ray tracing is cool and all, but like that smooth gameplay, especially with web slinging, just feels so much better. So I'm I'm like 90% through the game probably. And uh, out of that 90%, I've probably played like 90% of that in just performance mode. And I recommend that's what you guys do too. Um, just to, It just feels better with combat and everything. Uh, Story-wise, Miles Morales is pretty... It's a good story, although a little predictable. Uh, It also does have some haptic feedback uh, as well as when you're swinging, um, but not to the level of, obviously, Astro's playroom. Playroom. Um, I've been playing the Call of Duty Cold War. Um, Black Ops Cold War. Black Ops Cold War. Don't even know the name. So, obviously, right now, like, a bunch of my friends got it, so we've been playing multiplayer like crazy. So I'm, like, level 25, you know, just came out, so... Um, I've only played so far um, one mission of the uh, campaign. campaign. I'm going to play more um, because I'm going to have to review this. So I'm going to have to beat the campaign, which shouldn't be that hard. But we'll see how, how good that Call of Duty campaign can get. Because, it, yeah, it's getting a, lot, getting a lot of buzz. And it's like looking to be like a pretty good story. And um, and you decided to go for the PlayStation version. I, so I went with PlayStation. I typically play on Xbox. But this generation, I've got both consoles. So um, while everyone's having trouble finding the new consoles, I'm sitting here with both of them, You're um, linking linking them on Discord and showing off to my friends and stuff uh, from uh, from far away. And they're like, "I'm gonna like, where do you live? Can I rob your place?" <laughs> like, I'm, they're not gonna like, "Why do you have both consoles? Like, How'd you do that?" But uh, getting back to the Call of Duty, the one mission I played. Um, I mean, obviously, like, in the campaign, the graphics do look better, in my opinion, just because they're, like, set pieces. You uh, play as, at least in the first mission, you play as Mason, meet up with Woods. Um, You're trying to find some guy to get information. Um, You know, it's kind of, you're trying to be sneaky. You know, you're about to sneak up to his house. They they parked a car in an alleyway, and it's like, hey, pick your gun. And they have, like, three different guns with different attachments, and you just pick one up. You you invade this house, you start shooting places up, well, shooting people up. I mean, literally, they're like, light them up, Mason, and you just like start chasing this guy. The one thing I did see that was pretty cool um, from the one mission, short mission that I played at the very beginning, is you had like uh, dialogue choices in a Call of Duty game. You had that in Modern Warfare. 
Well, I don't remember. Well, I don't know like how much of a um, impact impact they were. Or I don't really. Know. So that's the thing. I played the first mission. I haven't really played a lot of Call of Duty campaigns. It's been a while since I really fully played a, ca- a campaign. I've always been multiplayer like crazy, like hours, hundreds of hours in ma- uh, multiplayer. But um, like uh, we captured this guy, we interrogated him, and I had a option to like, hey, you want to kill this guy? You want to let him go, or do you want to capture him? So, like, you actually get to choose how you want to do the situation. I'm guessing you can probably have even greater consequences. Like consequences. Consequences happen that, you know, you can kind of choose down the line that may or may not change the story. I hope to find there, out. There are multiple endings from what I've heard. So, I'm guessing your choices will change you to getting yeah. those endings. Um, it's all based on whether you kill this guy or not. No, it's some random dude. You, no, no. But um, he's really the big bad. Yeah. Like, you kill the game ends. I, I chose to capture him. But uh, the thing I really like about Call of Duty is, um, especially right now, um, with these consoles, there aren't a lot of... There isn't a lot of storage. Yeah, there isn't a lot of storage on the console itself. So um, the, the only thing that's really cool about Call of Duty that I feel like has over a lot of games right now is the fact that you can download the game in segments. Um, you can download only the multiplayer. You can download only the zombies, and then they have that new zombie co-op mode that you can actually just download separately as well. And not to mention, they actually separated the campaign to three parts. So you can actually like download one part, beat it, like delete it, and then download the second one. So you can actually like on Xbox, at, there's only one part for the campaign. For Xbox, so for PlayStation, it's odd you can have three different parts. So that's pretty cool that you can essentially, after you beat the game, just download everything except multiplayer and maybe Warzone if you play that, and then it takes up the most like, you know minimum amount of space, hmm. which is really nice. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I find that interesting as well. It's just Call of Duty lends itself to that because it has the different modes. You can't really do that with AC because they're like, no more side missions. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want artifacts. We'll take those. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like an open world. You can only yeah. single wield now. Yeah, where this is like like a linear yeah, where complete you have, objective A to B. and like this. If you have like distinct game modes, you have an ability to do that. Whereas, yeah. like, obviously in an open-world sandbox kind of thing, you you can't. But yeah. I'm sure, like, something like Doom or, like, Halo or something, you could just download one or the other. Right. Or, like, whatever, pick and choose. But with a, just a single-player game, it's kind of hard. Yeah. So I guess... Uh, how do I want to... What are you, you trying to say, Zach? Banana. I don't know. What <laughs> is the most next-gen... Yeah. You've the most next-gen feature or... Yeah. Well, just, feature yeah. or game. What yeah, yeah, feature. feature yeah. Like, what has made this feel the most next-gen? Whether it's a... The hardware thing, whether it's a game or whatever. For me personally, it was the, the haptic feedback experience. That yeah, was, for the that PlayStation was, Five, that's definitely the that. That was that, and then it, it might. I think it's going to be obvious. I think it's going to be for a lot of us. For Xbox, it's the the quick resume that I haven't done yet on my own console. But seeing Pat do it, going from Ori to AC to Red Dead, yeah. especially games like Red Dead that have like infamously Two, long yeah, lo- loading times, uh, for it to legit load up in like ten seconds was really astounding. And I think that's a feature that, a quality of life feature that's been kind of like long yearned for. Oh yeah, definitely. So. Uh, although we did have it in the '80s with cartridge media, so yeah, like <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, that's definitely quick resume is great. Um, I was switching between Ori, AC, uh, Watch Dogs did not have it when I played, um, but Halo Five did. Um, the thing is, when I when Rick came over today and I was showing him the feature. Uh, there must have been an update for AC, and they must have turned it off because it was not working. Like, every time I went back to AC, it would just restart. Yeah, Pat was like, hey, look at this. And then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then he tried it a couple more times and it still didn't work. It was impressive when it was working, though. <laughs> it was. Um, I can attest. Yeah, like, for me, like, 
I guess I just want to reiterate the haptic feedback on the controllers. Um, for someone who's always been on Xbox, they've always had that. How is the haptic feedback in Call of Duty, by the way? It really like adds more to the game, um, especially like Call of Duty, where you're picking up guns, you're aiming down sight, you're shooting. All the guns have different feeling recoils. Um, you know, the con- controller is shaking when like explosives go off near you. Um, and things like that. Okay, so Tom, what's the craziest thing you've experienced with the happy feedback? I would say uh, bug snacks. Pat, yeah. let me play bug snacks. Uh, we show up to the podcast a little bit early today, and say if you just press the uh, right trigger, you know, it really doesn't do anything. But if you have your camera out and you press the right trigger, you actually feel the resistance to do the like, click. Like you would do a click on a camera. Yeah, that is pretty insane there. That, like, that was my first experience with it, and that yeah. was crazy. Can you feel, because I know the trailer for Call of Duty said you can feel different weight resistances. Oh yeah, for sure. Like when you're aiming down sight, you do feel like there's like a resistance to like aiming down sight. And then when you um, are shooting, you know, you have that like vibration on the trigger of like the recoil as if you're actually like holding a gun and like shooting it, you'd feel that resistance, like that what, recoil. What, what about weights of different guns? Cause the, the trailer I think showed like somebody pulling up an RPG and they're like, it feels like a lot more powerful in that one shot. Like it, the weight of it, like me pulling the trigger is harder physically yeah. than it would be to like, <laughs> which can be a bad thing in call of duty <laughs> because yeah, it's like, right. if you're like, for example, I like to use semi-automatic guns, so they're powerful, but, um, you know, you only get that one shot. So I'm, I had to turn down the sense or the, the vibration a little bit because I feel like it was messing with my aim and it was making it hard for me to kind of rapid fire my shots because the, sure, the vibe, uh, the vibration, I'm sure like the pro gamers and stuff were going to turn that off yeah i mean i still like it but like at a minimum but like it's still kind of really cool and i can't wait for games to more utilize that uh feature and to really make it you know kind of like a huge part of the game so i i really like that because i um obviously using a just a normal xbox controller and going to this obviously obviously the form of the controller it's not kind of like that hollow feeling cheap plastic like light playstation controller i mean it's more xbox shape feels a lot more solid plus it has that sound and the um that you know had uh haptic uh feedback so it just feels amazing um so i definitely feel like there's a big jump in the right direction for playstation at least hardware have we experimented to see if the haptic feedback works on previous gen games so i did try it with god of war i didn't have much time for any of the other games but uh, i was hoping like the leviathan axe throwing because that felt great already on ps4 so i'm like did they go back in did they adjust it and it feels even better um from what i played it feels pretty much the same i'm not sure if they've gone back and tuned it at all or if there's an update coming or something but um, it feels just like it would on the PS4, at least to me. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's been so long since I've played it, and it feels completely different. But I'm just so used to the PlayStation controller now that it it feels the but same. Death Stranding would be an adventure. <laughs> Falling down. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, I do hope they go back and they do add this to other games, like especially Last of Us. Already is just so immersive by like the sound and the the look of the game, especially playing that with headphones. Updating that with you know, the 3D audio after I send pictures in my ear to Mark Cerny. I'm sure it'll sound better. <laughs> I have not done that yet. Uh, any day now, though. We'll just give me your email, Mark Cerny. Um, but once I do that and they update the 3D audio and stuff and the, they add, like, a haptic feedback for Last of Us, I'm not saying they will, but hopefully they do. I just want to experience Last of Us again and, like, play through New Game Plus through that. And I think that's going to be, like, just the best experience you can have with a game. Uh, is there any part of the consoles that didn't meet 
the expectations you were expecting it to? So I have had some uh, technical hiccups on the PlayStation 5 so far, where uh, obviously I already talked about Quick Resume not working all the time on uh, Series X, but on the PS5, uh, the first like eight hours I had it working great. And then after eight hours, I'm like, oh shit, I should probably plug in my external hard drive that I had on my PS4 just to have those games installed on there or whatever. So I did that. And then I went to go play Ghost of Tsushima. And then as soon as I hit it, black screen crashed. Controller wouldn't respond. I was here when it happened. Yeah, yeah the controller just... lit up, but it's like the controller didn't detect a PlayStation. So it wouldn't turn on the console. I had to like get up and actually hold down the power button, reset it. And then it did that thing. Uh, I'm sure if you've owned a PlayStation 4, you've had this happen where it was in standby and the power goes out or like you accidentally hit the plug or something. And now when you turn it back on, it freaks out. It's like, Oh my God, what happened? Don't ever do that to me again. (laughs) How dare you, sir? I need to check to make sure everything's okay. So it did that. It had a little message that said repairing console and I was freaking out by the way when this is going on. Um, But then once it did that, it checked the external hard drive just to make sure there were no errors and then it loaded fine. It was working. And I'm like, okay, one time thing. I'm not going to make a big deal about it. And then it happened two more times just having uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales suspended. I went to lunch um, and I came back. And again, same thing. PlayStation wouldn't start. Had to hard reset it. It was repairing all that. And the, the fourth time it happened, I didn't have anything open. It was just like I went back. I'm like, I'm done for the day. I'm going to go ahead and close out of all the games put the PS4 in standby. I came back the next morning and it would not turn on again. So I had to do that. So I think it the issue might be the external hard drive. Um, if it happens one more time, I'm just going to go in and format the hard drive and then re-download the games and see if that changes anything. Maybe it's like there's some file with that old PS4 on there that's fucking with it or something. I don't know. So yeah, that's like a, a thing I'm worried about because obviously new console, you don't want anything to be fucked up. Um, another thing I do kind of want to bring up is uh, our friend Matt called me about having some issues with his disk drive on the Series X. Uh, he called me. He's like, hey, let me know if you can hear this. And he put the phone next <laughs> to the drive and I could hear like a, a whirring or whatever, kind of like a humming or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I can hear that. What is that? He's like, I have Call of Duty in my Series X and it's making this weird sound. And I'm like, is it playing? He's like, yeah, the game's playing, but it just seems like there's something off. And obviously you're worried it's it's a new console you don't want anything to be bad with it or whatever so um i think he's gonna try and like he got it from costco so he's gonna try and like see if they have an extra one that he can exchange or something but watch out everybody obviously there's no such thing as a hundred percent uh unfail rate of these hardware so somebody's gonna have the unfortunate luck of Having a yeah, faulty one, yeah. Work. I mean, that was a kind of a similar problem that 360 had. Uh, I think you just kind of run into that with a vertically standing console. That... 360 had a widespread issue of Red Dead. I don't, th- or not Red Dead. Red Dead. <laughs> Red Dead was such an issue. <laughs> Red Rings of Death. Yeah, like, luckily for me, I haven't knock on mahogany. Um, I luckily haven't had any problems with either of mine. Um, I had a game crash, but I think it's the game. Right. I should um, probably check my disk drive on the Series X because I've been only playing digital games so far, so maybe it doesn't work at all. <laughs> no, no, I tried a, a 4K Blu-ray and that worked. So we're yeah, good. That's why it's kind of smart. Yeah, I know. You know, this initial wave of systems. You know, it's cool to get them, but every once in a while, it's smarter to sit back and wait. Yeah, we're the, we're the guinea pigs. Yep. To yeah, see there's, if... there's pros and cons for both, obviously. But 
I just want him. <laughs> I got a free one for one, so why not? So um, I guess what do you what did you think about like the um, game share and the uh, like sharing screen share play the share play yeah, uh, so features PlayStation's UI allows you to do that where you can stream your stuff individually to somebody and they can now picture and picture it. Uh, PlayStation Four could do something similar where you can view someone's gameplay like a singular like you can invite a friend to share play and they can either view your thing and then you can virtually hand them the controller so now they can take over. Um, but it was like one hour segments and it was like very limited. Some games didn't even allow it, I think. That was in PlayStation uh, 4? PlayStation it's 4. It's like, I have no idea. I'm I'm too general. Last time I had PlayStation was PlayStation 2. The thing PlayStation <laughs> 5 adds is now you can take that video and do it picture in picture while you're playing your own game. Yeah. Or you can do side by side. So essentially giving you split screen co-op virtually yeah. mm-hmm. which is very interesting i um, think that's really cool when it's like imagine we're playing valhalla like hey man like i couldn't find this where is it like and then now you can it, put yeah. your screen up in the top and i kind of can follow you as you're playing yeah and then figure out how to do it and it's yeah. pre- instead of having to go online and you can just you know do it with your friend and just you know that's yeah. just pretty cool um there's also like the game help stuff but i haven't really gone too much into depth with any of that yeah um that's something we'll talk on a, a different podcast but yeah it, it did it was interesting. Uh, obviously, uh, when we actually tried, when you passed me the controller yeah. to pick Godfall, uh, I did notice some lag, but that's obviously. Yeah. I, I mean, to me, that's new. I mean, I know that's not anything new to people who had PlayStation, but being able to, kind of, in a sense, you can kind of like try out a game. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't know if I want to get this game. Can I, like, you know, obviously it won't look the best for streaming and everything, and it might be some lag, but at least you can try it out in a sense and like play and like oh i kind of like how this you know feels or like i can you know i know this will look better but you know i kind of like where this game's going like yeah overall been positive experiences there's just there's so much to play right now i kind of right. have like paralysis like i'm in between like i'm a couple of hours into valhalla i still need to finish watchdogs i just started bug snacks i'm almost finished with miles morales i haven't even started pathless yet mm-hmm. like so much and then cyberpunk supposedly comes out here in the next it will come out december 10th i know i've been like i don't really know how to segue into community questions other than by saying we had a community question uh, kind of regarding next gen and kind of our topic here and i did see and i think pat you could probably attest to this most since you're kind of like in the whole like kind of tech niche knowledge stuff uh kind of asking people about like where the next gen so what are their favorite features i saw one person that was particularly interesting that uh, they said that ray tracing seems a bit overhyped. I know you said you were talking about comparing that to Spider-Man. Okay, so ray tracing is very expensive. So obviously if you have the option to to do it, like if a game where it works good for 30 FPS, mm-hmm. uh, that's like always been 30 FPS or whatever, uh, and it looks great, obviously do it. Like Watch Dogs is an example. The difference in there is like pretty, it's not night and day, but it's definitely a step up. Um, but something like Control, like you saw me play Control on PC. Yeah. That makes a, a huge difference, I think. When done right, lighting makes a huge difference in how realistic something looks. So I, I think right now it's pretty early, so we haven't seen the full extent of what ray tracing can do on consoles. But you'll probably get there. And yeah. it's, it's going to be worth it, I think. Like they said that they um they understand that like obviously implementation of that is expensive. They just said that both systems kind of appeared underpowered right now to make full use of it. I don't know if that's the case. Um, I just still think it's it's something that has been introduced fairly recently. Yeah. And it's just going to keep evolving over time and get bigger and stronger. 
I know the biggest thing I saw from people as far as like kind of things that they weren't really they didn't live up to their expectations of the consoles was just more so not the consoles themselves but the availability of them. Uh, obviously, COVID plays a lot to Part, do with yeah, that. So definitely COVID, and then also like these are always sold out. Yeah, at launch. So. Yeah, that just kind of happens at the launch generation. So it, it is what it is. Uh, I did see a lot of people that uh, were giving a lot of love to PlayStation's haptic feedback, which obviously is the big thing. A lot of people are giving love to You Xbox do really have to try them. it. To... Yeah. Like, they're, they're like quite a few people. They made me a believer. Yeah, a lot, that's basically what a lot of people were saying as far as the haptic feedback was concerned. It's just like, don't really believe it until you actually experience it for yourself. Uh, so I thought that was that was interesting. Um but yeah, everybody seems to be kind of like on the same page. If you if they have the console, everyone kind of seems to be like, yeah, this is happening and it's great. And then if you don't have a console, people are just like, ah, I'm pissed. I don't have a console. So it's kind of like where everyone is right but now. The good thing is, like, obviously Rick doesn't have an extra console yet, mm-hmm. but he can still carry his save forward from Valhalla. Right. Uh, he can still get like Call of Duty, and that'll upgrade. Mm-hmm. Assuming he gets the right version, Call of Duty was a bad example. Uh, <laughs> Cyberpunk. When it comes Cyberpunk, out, I can start playing yeah. Cyberpunk. Then once. Christmas comes and mm-hmm. hopefully get my new system. Exactly. If they're available. The free upgrades will help people who haven't been able to get them. Right. I'm just happy it's finally here, honestly. Especially having like original PS4, like original Xbox One. So like going to like the the performance difference is really astounding. It's like Definitely. Um, I went from Xbox One X to Series X, and even I have seen the jump in quality, so I can't even imagine what it would it's, be. It's insane. Like, like watching even like when I was here, uh, I think, what was it, last night, uh, seeing Forza. It's kind of like when your windshield is like all fucked up. Yeah. And then you finally turn on the wipers, you're like, oh my, oh my god, god, this is what the look like? Or when you get glasses for the first time. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Holy shit. It was amazing. Like, see, you are like, blurry? <laughs> like, like Forza, which is already a gorgeous game. I. Uh, even just on original Xbox One, beautiful game, absolutely stunning, and then seeing it on Series X, Forza on Horizon like, Four, Forza Horizon Four, yeah, on Series X, 4K HDR LED, whatever the hell this TV is, the whole the whole shebang, the whole kit and caboodle, I was like, this is better than real life. <laughs> this is better resolution than real life. This is amazing. And I know everybody's buzzing about haptic feedback, and that is great. But one of the coolest things I noticed just by being over here a little bit earlier while Pat was playing his PlayStation 5 is I couldn't hear it. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that it doesn't sound like a jet engine wind tunnel when it's on and playing. Exactly. Like... Uh, so if there's nothing, like I, I paused Miles Morales in photo mode because I went to go get a glass of water or whatever, and I came back, and I could hear like a faint. When everything was completely silent, I could faintly hear it. Uh, Series X, I think, has been super quiet the entire time. So PlayStation is a tad bit louder, but it's not something you would notice when the game is actually being played. Nowhere near as bad as PlayStation 4 was, so definitely a step in the right direction. Right. As far as this current gen, what do you think you can do for like the potential of gaming going forward? Is there anything you're expecting out of this that would so, help us take the next step, I guess? The, the options between fidelity and performance mode needs to stay... That, that needs to happen for every pretty much every game, uh, assuming the developer has the resources to do that because the option is great, first of all, and it is a huge difference. Like 60 FPS makes a huge difference, just the jump for 60 to 30. You don't have to do a 120 mode. 120, I think, is a little overkill right now, um, and I don't think the jump from 60 to 120 is as massive as 30 to 60, but, you know... Like Watch Dogs is a game where they chose to do ray tracing instead of doing a mode that gives you 60 FPS. Mm-hmm. And I would much rather Have the give us the option. Like, here's the 30 FPS mode with ray tracing. 
here's the 60 fps mode if you want to play that and like have it go down resolution have it like no ray tracing uh slightly lower textures whatever you need to do give us that option because that is a huge difference what about you guys is there anything kind of expecting to kind of help us take the next step forward from a gaming perspective you know me this is your first time listening i'm a very big proponent of uh older games playing those on the new systems so i'm really excited to see what they do i know you know the xbox series x and xbox series s uh makes a point of hey even these games that you know even the original x yeah uh they will look significantly better on the system so i'm really excited to see you know yeah how that that, that just has to be a staple from now on if, if they do a an ps6 and a xbox Sequence Xbox Seven Twenty, <laughs> whatever they do, uh, that has to be backwards compatible now because like right. it's just so great. And then just like upgrading the game, you know, just based Upgrades off of it, yeah. So you know you don't have to go buy a remaster. And I know those of you that are main mainline PC gamers are saying like this is what we've had since whatever. whatever. Yeah, we understand that, but there's also the convenience factor of it, like. Quick resume and the SSD lets me get into a game in like 17 seconds. I can't do that with my P- my PC, and my PC has an SSD. Um, I have to turn on, log into Windows, and then open the game. That That's going to take 20 to 30 seconds. It's not going to be as quick as just starting back up, and I'm right where I left off on Valhalla. So convenience factors into it. Right. So. Uh, for me, uh, I was kind of thinking about it with kind of like all the steps that uh, everything's kind of making graphically, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm interested to see kind of uh, how VR now kind of takes on this whole new level of kind of graphical input and everything and how everything is looking more seamless and, and, and immersive. It'll be interesting to uh, see the VR kind of landscape kind of take advantage of this. Uh, as someone who doesn't really VR game at all, but have done it a couple times like here at Path's Place, it's, it'll, be, it'll be very interesting to see how lifelike it would be um, because the the VR games that I've experienced playing here, like you, you could kind of like you, you knew you were in VR. Things didn't really yeah, kind of it's look the, as like the realistic. resolution is not. Yeah, is not quite as sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, you get that screen door effect where you can kind of see the pixel lines. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see that kind of with with this and this kind of this upgrade in technology, kind of how VR will kind of fall into this landscape. Chance, what about you? What's the thing you're looking forward to? I mean, you kind of took some of them off from me. Like, I, like, I mean, I know, like the you, the PlayStation has like the VR, right? It's the Oculus. No, they have it's. Oh, it is PSVR. Just PlayStation VR. Yeah. Is it good? Uh, it's it's definitely because you have the Oculus. I already have the other thing. I have Oculus for PC. Yeah. Uh, I've heard the PlayStation VR is the most comfortable, and it is the most cheaper, and it is the one most people have right now because it is cheaper. And you have and the, the the barrier of entry is lower, so. I think it's sold the most. Okay. So that's why they've actually been doing more exclusive games like that Iron Man game. Sony is pretty invested in VR. So yeah. I think they'll con- that'll continue with the PlayStation 5 because PlayStation 5 supports PlayStation VR. Uh, I'm assuming they might come out with PSVR 2 sometime down the line. Yeah. So I don't know. I might look into that um, because I don't have any, I haven't had VR ever. I mean, I've only played it at your place. Yeah. I mean, for me, it'll be graphical output of like games being made to actually take full can you know full advantage of yes of like you know of the consoles because right now we're kind of like they're making both versions for the different consoles and they're not you know they're spending resources on making two different versions or something like a downgraded version like once we get to the part where they start 
stop somewhat supporting the older consoles and it's like okay everyone should have the newer console by now let's focus like everything on this one version of the game mm-hmm. and we start getting these like i don't think that's quite gonna happen as soon as it did for the other gens yeah i'm saying like once it does like maybe maybe what do you think three four years uh we i mean get, that'd be like halfway through the generation we I might like. get some exclusive games like next year we're getting uh God of War, which is said to only be a PS5 title. Um, same with uh, Rocksteady's Suicide Squad game is said to be only next-gen. Yeah. You might get a couple here and there, but I think for the vast majority of like the, the AAA games, they're going to want to support more consoles. And I don't think it's using as much resources because PC has been doing this for years where they support multiple different graphics cards and different settings. So it'll just be like, you have a Series S, here's it on low settings. You have a Series X, here's it on high. Mm-hmm. You have a PS5, here's it on high. Sequence X or PS6, whatever ends up happening. You'll have it on the ultra settings. I think that's what what we're going to end up seeing. Yeah, so that was kind of our our look at current gen now. It's going to be weird not calling it next gen for a while, but yeah, so... It's still next gen to me. <laughs> <laughs> so for three quarters of us, it's current gen. Um, but yeah, is there any... Living in the past, right? <laughs> Does anyone have any final thoughts on our on current gen? I, I'm just I'm so glad it's here and yeah. we can finally play these things. I, I almost didn't expect it to happen because of COVID. Like I said, it's a great year for gaming. Support subtitles. Wow. <laughs> we like to end the podcast with a game we call Subpar Subtitles, and that's S U B hyphen t-i-t-l-e um so basically we take the the principle that game developers like naming their game with name of the franchise colon subtitle for example assassin's creed odyssey or doom eternal so what i've done is i've created a fake subtitle and i've intermixed it with a bunch of real ones and it's our panel's job here to figure out which one is the fake one uh we've been kind of playing this game most of the time uh throughout the year and we've been keeping a running tally. Uh, Zach, what is the current scores? Uh, the current ties are myself in first with 24, uh, Rick in second with 18, and then Chance in third with three. All right, you're still in this, Chance. So everyone ready? Yes, sir. See. All right. Fallen God, Barber Simulator, Legacy of a Master Thief, World Party, or prelude to the fallen repeat those one more time for those of you listening at home fallen god barber simulator legacy of a master thief world party and prelude to the fallen chance why don't we start with you uh see legacy of a master thief yep. chance rick Honestly, I was going to go see as well Legacy of Master Thief. See for Rick as well. What about you, Zach? You might catch up, or you might cement your lead further. I'm going to go with Barber Simulator. Barber Simulator B. All right. B as in Barber. B as in Barber. Barber Simulator. Barber Simulator. (laughs) All right. So now, the twist. So you guys can either choose to keep your answers, and you will get three points if that is indeed correct. Or you can choose to risk it and say that they were all real or that they were all fake. If that is indeed the case, you will get double the points for a total of six. So now I ask you, Zach, what 
do you choose? I'm going to stay. Zach is staying. Rick, what about you? All real. Rick is going all real. This could turn the tides. This could turn the tides. <laughs> Chance, what say you? I'm just going to stay. All right, everyone ready? Mm-hmm. Spell Force 3, Fallen God, real game. Barber Simulator is not a real yes! game. Yes! Yes! The Raven, Legacy of a Master Thief, real game. Zuba Fitness World Party, real game. Utawaru Mano, prelude <laughs> to the Fallen, real game. Yes! There you go. Zach has now just increased his lead by three. And he is at 27. 27. I knew that. Alrighty, so that was our pod. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us every, or I guess not every other Monday. We change it up now. Or whatever. <laughs> at least every. You other. can at least catch us every other Monday at the very minimum on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. And then we're on TuneIn. Uh, you can reach us with any questions, comments, or concerns. Tell us your thoughts about Next Gen at the entitled or current gen i should say actually sorry current gen at the entitled gaming podcast at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on twitter at tugpod and on instagram at tug underscore pod uh, we're on reddit at r tugpod and on facebook at the entitled gaming podcast and then we also ask that you guys subscribe and leave us reviews five star reviews for us one star review for every other Yeah. 90s kids would. Uh... I was born in 95. Yeah, but you didn't like grow you up. Didn't in the 90s. You didn't live. You didn't live. You weren't alive. You were in the freezer. Really, life doesn't start until well after five years old. Yeah, like your opinion doesn't count for shit when you're five. <laughs> Once you're six, though. That's when people start taking you seriously. Yeah. Oh, fuck off. If you, if you get stock <laughs> advice from a six year old, you better take it. Four year old, five year old, get the fuck out of here. This is the stupidest conversation I've ever been. Nine eleven was really the nine eleven. Zach being inconsequential. (laughs) (laughs) 